أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أن أبي بردة أن أبيه أن أبي موسى العشري رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بعثه إلى اليمن فسأله عن أشربة تسنع بها فقال ما هي قال البدء أن أبي بردة أن أبيه أبي موسى العشري رضي الله عنه أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بعثه إلى اليمن فسأله عن أشربة تسنع بها فقال وما هي قال البدع والمزر فقيل لأبي بردة وما البدع قال نبيذ العسل والمزر نبيذ الشعير فقال كل مسكر حرام خرجه البخاري الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وبارك وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وبعد This hadith is hadith number 46 of the Arba'in al-Nawawiyya but this is the part added by Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali rahimahullah ta'ala he says in this hadith, and the hadith is reported of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari radiyallahu anhu by his son, that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam sent him to Yemen, meaning sent Abu Musa al-Ash'ari to Yemen. And then he asked about the drinks which they used to make in Yemen. He says they make al-bit'u and they also make al-mizru. So he asked what is that al-bit'u and mizru? He said the al-bit'u is the wine which people make from honey, asal, by fermenting the honey to leave it for, for a long time until it becomes like beer, like wine. Well, mizaru is another type of wine which they make from grain, from the grains, like from barley, or from uh, wheat, or from sorghum, or millet. They cook it and leave it for some time until it ferments, then after that, they drink it as, as wine. And this is common even today, this type of, of wine, the opaque types of beer that we see around the country. So the Messenger وسلم, said about these two, Kullu muskirin haram. Anything that is going to cause a person to be intoxicated or anything which is going to cause a person to lose his senses, is haram. In other words, this nabiv, which comes from honey, and also the nabiv, which comes from the grain, is considered hamr because it intoxicates the people, intoxicates the mind, and therefore it is haram.
I mentioned in the previous hadith the harms which come from Khamr. And I said in the explanation that the word Khamr comes from Khimar or Khumar, which means to cover the garment, the outer garment, which is worn by the ladies to cover themselves, is called Khumar because it covers the body. And Khamr is called Khamr because it covers the mind. And a person starts behaving like one who does not have a mind. There are many people, even in the times of Jahiliyyah, before the coming of Islam, who simply decided to make beer haram for themselves. They made it haram on themselves. They didn't drink it because of what they saw of the effects of beer. One of these people is Qais bin Asim. He says he made beer haram on himself before the coming of Islam because of what he saw of a certain man who was busy at night after drinking some wine, jumping, trying to grab the moon. Trying to grab the moon from the sky to get it. When he saw that kind of behavior, he decided to make beer haram on himself. Because that is, that is madness. Even some mad people don't try to do that. Ibn Rajab al-Hambali also narrates the story of a man who got intoxicated. He drank too much beer. And then he started urinating. Akramakumullah. And while he was urinating, he was using his own urine to perform wudu. He was making wudu with his own urine. And he was saying, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who made Islam nur and who made water pure. When he saw that, he thought, this is Ummul Khabaith, this is the mother of all evils. I want you to pay particular attention to the ayah in the Quran, and this is very important. Please pay attention. The ayah in the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes beer haram. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made khamr haram, but the scholars have observed that Allah has mentioned seven reasons in the ayah. In fact, there are two ayahs one after the other, seven reasons why beer is haram. Allah Ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, innamal khamru wal maysiru wal ansabu wal azlamu rijisum min amali shaytan fajitanibuhu la'allakum tuflihun. إنما يريد الشيطان أن يوقع بينكم العداوة والبغضاء في الخمر والميسر ويصدكم عن ذكر الله وعن الصلاة فهل أنتم منتهون؟ أيه بليف؟ إنما الخمر beer or wine والميسر and gambling to gamble is to 
put money on something in order to try and, and win more money. For example, I have, I have two stones, then I juggle them and try to play some tricks, then I ask you in which hand is the, is the stone, so you put 100 kwacha, if you guess right, you win 100 kwacha, if you guess wrong, I take your 50 kwacha. This is called gambling because it's a game of chance. And these games are very, very common, even, even today. Sometimes you ask to buy something and scratch it, but then you have to pay money in order to buy the card. You buy the card and scratch it. If you find certain numbers on the card, you win a certain amount of money. If you don't find those numbers, then your money is gone. It means it's a game of chance. You pay 50 kwacha to buy the card. If you don't get the numbers, you lose your 50 kwacha. If you find the numbers, you probably win 25 kwacha or another 50 kwacha, just like that. This is maisir. Innam al-khamr, and when talking about maisir, also don't forget the uh, modern-day uh, casinos. Casinos, all that is uh, part of gambling. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts this gambling together with the khamr in tahrim. Innam al-khamr, the wine, wal-maisir, and gambling, wal-ansab. Ansab comes from Nasb. Nasb is an altar, a place on which they used to sacrifice their animals, the non-believers, the mushrikun. They would bring an animal to the altar in order to sacrifice the animal to their idols. So Ansab sacrificing on these altars, Al-Khamr, wine, Al-Maisir, gambling, while Ansab and uh, 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 sacrificing on the altars, well, Aslam and divination by arrows. By arrows means um, there is something that we, we need to do. Then we throw, we throw arrows. It's just like a divination. Then we say the one whose arrow does such and such, then Allah has decided that he's the one who gets such and such. It's called divination using the, the arrows. Innam al-khamru wal-maisiru wal-ansabu wal-azlamu rijis. All these things are filth. Filth means something which is dirty. Regis, it means it's najasa. It's, it's dirty. So that is the first reason. I said there are seven reasons why beer becomes haram by this ayah. The first reason is regis. It's najasa. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls it dirty, regis, then a Muslim would not put it in his mouth whether it's a lot or little a muslim does not want to put it in his mouth because it's religious who would put najasa in his mouth even if the najasa is of a small quantity who would put najasa in his mouth no one would do such a thing so the same applies to khamr khamr is rich it's najasa that is the first reason. I said there are how many reasons in the ayah? Seven. إِنَّمَا الْخَمْرُ وَالْمَيْسِرُ وَالْأَنْصَابُ وَالْأَزْلَامُ رِجِسٌ مِّنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ Then Allah says, Afwan, before we get to that, عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ The work of shaitan. If khamr is the work of shaitan, is the work of shaitan halal? Any work of shaitan, is it halal? Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu, O ye who believe, 
la tattabi'u khutuwati shaytan do not follow the footsteps of shaytan so innama al-khamru wal-maisir wal-ansab wal-azlam firstly regis that is number one it's najasa min amal shaytan and on top of that it's the work of shaytan and if it's the work of shaytan then we're not going to to, to touch it la tattabi'u khutuwati shaytan don't follow the footsteps of shaytan so allah called khamr Amal is shaitan, and once he says Amal is shaitan, it becomes haram. Are we together? Then he says, Stay away from it in order for you to prosper. By that count, again it becomes haram. Because if there is no prosperity, to prosper means to gain what you need in the world and also in the hereafter. That is prosperity. We say a person is prosperous when a person gains what he needs in the world and he also gains what he needs in the hereafter. Those are the ones on the right path, the guidance of their Lord. And those are the ones who have prospered. So if there is no falah, if there is no prosperity in khamr, because Allah says, The opposite meaning is that if you do not stay away from it, you will not prosper. You will not become prosperous. So by that count, it becomes haram also. So the first point is, it's najasa. The second point is, Amal shaitan is the work of shaitan. The third point is, there is no success. You take success away from yourself. Through khamr, فَاجْتَنِبُوهُ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ Then Allah says, إِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ الشَّيْطَانُ All that shaitan wants, أَنْ يُوْقِعَ بَيْنَكُمُ الْعَدَاوَةَ He wants to create between you, among you, enmity. He wants to create enmity. Is enmity halal? Is it good for Muslims to have enmity among themselves? To be, to be enemies of each other, is that a good thing? No. So through khamr, through this fear, He wants to create enmity among you. And hatred. So if, if this is going to cause enmity, and it's going to cause hatred between the Muslims, on that count, it is haram. وَيَسُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ وَعَنِ And shaitan wants you to stop dhikr. So that there is no dhikr. Once you start drinking beer, you think a man who, who's drunk can make dhikr? That would be a funny kind of dhikr. You remember the story of the Sahabi? before the complete prohibition of, of beer, who came to Salah and started reading uh, Surah Al-Kafirun. Then he read it in a way that meant, O oh ye non-believers, instead of saying, La a'budu ma ta'budun. I don't worship the things which you worship. He was saying, O oh ye non-believers, I worship the things which you worship. 
and you also worship the things which I worship. Why? Because of the khabr. He confused the surah. And Rasulullah says, when one of you is in such a state, he should not come near the masjid. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, that was before the prohibition of beer. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, or you who believe, la taqrabu salata. Don't come near the salah. Don't come near the masjid. Wa antum sukara, when you are drunk. Hatta ta'lamu ma taqulun, until you know the things that you are saying. So shaitan knows when you take alcohol, when you take beer, you cannot make dhikr. So وَيَصُدَّكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ If shaitan is going to drive you away from the dhikr of Allah, then khamr is haram because it drives you away from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَعَنِ الصَّلَاةِ So that you don't pray. Subhanallah. And that is the truth. A drunk man cannot pray. A man under the influence of drugs cannot pray. And when I talk about khamr, something which covers the mind, I'm not talking about beer in particular. I want you to notice the words that the Messenger وسلم, used in the hadith. He didn't say, Kullu sharab muskirin haram. He didn't say that. He didn't say every drink which intoxicates is haram. He didn't use the word drink. He simply said, Kullu muskirin haram, anything which intoxicates is haram. That's a clever, proper use of words. He didn't say, Kullu sharab muskirin, any drink which intoxicates is haram. Anything which intoxicates is haram, whether it's smoke, whether it's solid, whether it's liquid, whether you take it through your mouth, or you take it through the eyes, or you take it through the nose, or you take it by any means through an injection, whatever way, if it's muskir, if it's going to cause you to be intoxicated, فَهُوَ haram, then it is haram. You understand the meaning of كُلُّ مُسْكِرٍ haram? Everything which intoxicates the mind is haram. If uh, uh, someone takes a type of coffee, for example, which intoxicates the mind, فَهُوَ haram. then this kind of coffee is, is haram. If a person takes, uh, uh, I don't know, is it, is it shisha? That's shisha, the one they have a big bottle and water. And if that shisha can, can intoxicate, then it's haram. I'm, I'm not saying it intoxicates, I've never tried it. But if, if that shisha has the quality of intoxication, then it is haram. Uh, the shisha. Uh, okay. That, that, that was one time. That was one time I, I went to, to a restaurant in, in Egypt. In Egypt, shisha is, is found in every, every restaurant. When you finish eating, you, you smoke some. I mean, for, for those who want. So when I went to the restaurant, I, I sat down. And uh, naturally, the waiter came to me and asked me what flavor I, I wanted. Ah, I thought it was juice. If, uh, he said, uh, what do you want? Burtokal, uh, moles? You want uh, orange or uh, banana or... Uh, strawberry, I thought, said, um, give me banana. said, all right, banana. So I sat there waiting for my juice, my banana juice. He came back a couple of minutes later with, with a big shisha, banana flavored. 
I said, what, what is this? He said, you asked for bananas. I said, no, no, no. I didn't mean banana shisha. I meant banana, uh, banana juice. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, it's, it's a normal thing there. I, uh, I don't know how harmful it is. You, you can do a research on that. But someone tells me it's, it's more like cigarettes, actually. Now, so this muskir, if it's going to drive someone away from the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it's haram on the count of dhikr. Also haram on the count of salah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ Will you then stop? This makes it haram also. If Allah says, will you then stop? You think Allah expects an answer like, no, we will not stop. This question is a rhetorical question. If Allah says, will you stop? The answer is, yes, we will stop. Will you stop means stop. If I'm with my, my son and he's making noise and I say to him, will you stop making noise? You think that's a question? You think he must respond to it, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Will you stop making noise is, don't make noise. If I say to someone, will you sit down? You think it's a question? It's not a question. It's an order. Sit down. In the same way in the ayah, Allah says, فَهَلْ أَنْتُمْ مُنْتَهُونَ Will you stop? Uh, is that a question? It's not a question. That is, stop. And the sahaba of the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said, intahayna, intahayna. We have stopped. We have stopped. And by this ayah, they all understood that beer or wine had become haram. Anas bin Malik, radiallahu anhu, says, I was in the, in the house where beer was being, being served. And they had barrels of, of beer, lots of them. So when someone announced after the ayah, someone announced, wine has been made haram. He says they all put their cups down and we took the barrels of beer outside and poured them on the streets of, of Medina. No one waited. No one said, let me uh, sell my, my, my last barrel. I just get my, my money back. No one, no one did that. Today, if someone has some haram commodities, maybe they have some, some, some cigarettes there, they're selling or some, uh, may Allah protect us, some drugs that they're selling, and someone comes to them with, with bayan to explain to them that drugs are haram or cigarettes are haram. Obviously, the next thought would be, let me, let me get rid of the, the ones I have. If I just sell them, I'm not going to order again, right? No one is going to say, oh, okay, let's, let's throw them out. I'm losing my money, but the sahaba of the message, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, were incomparable in their, in, in their iman. That's why our, our iman compared to, to, to their iman is nothing. Rasulullah says, the mud of one of the sahaba, mud is a measure, it's like, uh, 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 more like the meda, which, which is used in the market today. One mud from a sahabi, one mud of food which he gives us sadaqa, is not equal to a mountain of gold from you and me. It's not equal. If you and I were to spend one mountain of gold in sadaqah, 
And the Sahabi of the Messenger وسلم, spends one mood of food in Sadaqah. His mood is more valuable than my mountain of gold. And yet, they spent more than we spend still. We're not spending mountains of gold. Still, they spent much more than us. We spoke about Uthman bin Affan anhu, who prepares a uh, hundred camels and says, These are going for, for, for Sabilillah. The best camels and people in Mecca are offering him a good price. We want, we want to buy them. He said, Someone offered me a better price already. He said, We'll give you two times the price of these camels. He said, Someone offered me better. Two times, someone offered you better. He said, Someone offered me better than that. He said, Three times, he said, Someone offered me better than that. Four times the price, he says, someone offered me better than that. They said, but we know Uthman to be, to be a truthful person. He can't lie about that. Uthman, is it true someone really offered you that kind of money? He said, yes. Who offered you that money? He said, Allah. He offered me a minimum of 10 times for these camels. So they stopped immediately because of what they understood from the eye. And then there is something else you must consider, something else you must think about. Allah at the beginning spoke about how many things? Khamr, Maisir, Ansab, Aslam. When you look at Ansab, sacrificing for the idols, isn't that shirk? Is it not shirk? Divination by arrows, like fortune telling, is it not shirk? To ask someone to divine the future using maybe arrows or something, this is what is going to happen to you in the future and so on, is that not shirk? Shouldn't we be afraid that beer has been grouped together with shirk? He put them together. He grouped them together. Al-Khamr, Wal-Maisir, Wal-Ansab, Wal-Azlam. These Ansab and Aslam are issues of shirk. And Allah gets wine and puts it among them. And he gets Maisir, gambling, and puts it among them. And shirk. What is the greatest sin in Islam? What is the greatest sin? And Allah puts them in the same group in this ayah. Al-Khamr, Wal-Maisur, Wal-Ansab, Wal-Azlam in the same ayah. That is scary. That means this has to be one of the kaba'ir. Because shirk is one of the akbarul kaba'ir. Therefore, if khamr, wine, is going to be paired with shirk, then you understand the position of, of wine. After the other ayah. At this point, I think we'll, we'll take questions, inshallah. someone uh, when you talked of shisha uh, this someone said it is harmless so uh, can, can can Muslims uh, use shisha because it's harmless in any way in spite of it uh, uh, being similar with uh, uh, this uh, cigarette Bismillah rahman rahim concerning the the shisha if uh, if you heard what I said I said I don't I don't really know much about about it I, I don't know about its, uh, its effects, whether harmful or not harmful. So I'm, I'm not in a position to, to comment on it. 
until, until I know exactly what, what it does. At the present moment, I, I don't know much about, about shisha. I've heard people saying it's, uh, it's more like a cigarette, but the difference is that the filter, the water is the filter instead of that actual filter which you find on the cigarette. But then that's just things you hear from, from people and you cannot base fatwa on something which is, which is not confirmed. So until I, I read about it and learn about its effects and so on, I'm, I'm not in a position to, to comment about it. No. question is uh, uh, nowadays uh, things are changing uh, with regard to people who are, are practicing uh, what you call gayism and all this kind of stuff so I had a, an encounter with somebody he told me that uh, the time of the uh, Lord people were forced and our time people are not forced so they, he said it's permissible to, do what? to to engage in themselves in that act of uh, law. So someone forced them to, to behave like that? Yeah, they used to be forced at that time. Now, this time, people are doing it willingly, so it is allowed to do it. So I don't know how should, you, uh, should I respond to that person. Um... Concerning the issue of akramakumullah, gays and lesbians, firstly I want to refute the fact that people were forced to do that in the time of, of Lut. They were not forced. In fact, they introduced it themselves because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala disapproves in the Quran and says, Shahwa means with with a feeling are you going to develop feelings for men minduni nisa instead of women so this the mention of shahwa simply means this is their desire it's what they desired and there is there is no forcing in, uh, involved in it that is number one number two we all have to realize that the act of copulation the act of meeting between a man and a woman is something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has devised and, and created and respected. It has an enjoyment in it, but then it has a bigger purpose than the enjoyment. The enjoyment is a part of it, but there is a bigger purpose than the enjoyment. I'll liken it to food. We enjoy eating food, but then there is a bigger purpose to food than enjoyment. The purpose is nourishment. Our bodies are supposed to be nourished because if we do not eat, we would die. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful that he did not want this to be a burden on us. The eating should not become a burden, so he made it uh, something nice to do. In the process, we are feeling, I mean, fulfilling a higher aim, which is the nourishment of the body. So copulation is wasila. Wasila means a way to reach a certain thing that you want to achieve. It's not 
the ultimate purpose itself. It's just a way to achieve something. It is a way to achieve what? To achieve children, a way to um, achieve the continuity of our generation, a way to achieve uh, the survival of the human race. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put it in, in copulation. So if a man married a fellow man, would that be achieved? Is, is the purpose, the purpose of copulation, is it being achieved? It's not being achieved. Obviously, a man, when a man marries a fellow man, they cannot, they cannot have children. Which means, the wasila, something which Allah created as a way, just a means to something, we have turned it into the actual goal, which is, which is very wrong. And this is what has promoted zina. Because if we understood the purpose of copulation, we would know it's wrong to do it in zina, because we seek children. You get my point? And we do not want the children to be born in, in Zina. So because people have missed the point, they decided to uh, uh, create what we call Wiqayat al-Jinsiya, the uh, protection which, which they put on in order to have Zina without having children. But Zina is not, I mean, uh, uh, copulation is not the goal. Copulation is a way to achieve something which is holy, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made ibadah. For you, for someone to copulate with his wife, that is an act of charity. They say, Ya Rasulallah, O Messenger of Allah, is one of us going to fulfill his desires? and then get a reward for fulfilling his desires. He said, Don't you see, if he put this desire in haram, isn't that going to be sinful? They said, Bala. He said, Therefore, in the same way, If he puts it in halal, He's supposed to get a reward. And those who take care of their private parts, except to their wives. Then Allah says, Anyone who's going to practice anything else apart from that, anything else apart from a wife, these are transgressors. It doesn't matter what you practice with. Even if it's not with a particular person, even if uh, uh, you do it with yourself, those are the transgressors. So um, we, don't, we don't even need dalil from the Quran to prove that this is, this is an, a shameful act, and an act which only confused human beings would see as, as being right. We don't need dalil for that. All we need to do is take a person who finds an inclination for other men to the hospital. Simple. It's very simple. If we find a man and he says, for me, I'm inclined to other men, we say you have a problem. So we'll take you to the hospital in order to cure your problem. We treat it like any other disorder. All right? There are many disorders. You know that kleptomania is, is a disorder, stealing, a stealing disorder, where a person sits and he only feels like stealing. Do we say leave him alone, that's the way he is? We know he's, he's not okay. He needs hospital, right? Because a person should not feel like stealing all the time. 
So if a person finds himself loving other men, we know, subhanAllah, he has a problem. He needs to go to the hospital. And I'm surprised that doctors in the West, doctors in America, in Europe, and everywhere are not working on this problem. They're not working on it. You know why they're not working on it? Because they accepted it. If they didn't accept it, and they, they had to do, you know, a good psychological research on such individuals, they would find that it's a disorder, and maybe some, some solution would be found. I, I challenge uh, those who are young and upcoming, you know, uh, 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 Muslim medical doctors to take up this challenge. Study this disorder. It's a disorder. It's a madness. Study it and try to see if there can be a remedy to such a disorder so that anyone who feels like that, we take them to the, to the mental hospital, try to treat them and make sure that they do not feel this disorder again. And the problem is this disorder is something which, which the West deliberately wants to put in our minds. Watch out. Nowadays, every, every film, every book, every whatever is about that. A portrayal of a man in love with another man, a woman in love with another woman, until you reach a stage where you don't see anything wrong with it. Where it becomes normal to you. The next thing, the first thing, the first stage, and I've seen many Muslims have already reached this stage, the stage where you say, I, I can't do it, but I don't see anything wrong with it. SubhanAllah, you're gone. Finished. You're finished. I can't do it, but I don't blame those who do it. I can't steal, but I don't blame those who steal. I can't make zina, but I don't have a problem with those who make zina. I don't drink, but I don't have a problem with those who drink. Is that a true Muslim? I don't pray, oh sorry, I pray, but I don't have a problem with anyone who doesn't pray. So a Muslim is supposed to hate this. Don't say, I can't do it, but I don't have a problem with someone doing it. I dare ask you if this happened to your own son, is it something you would welcome in your house? A son to bring another man in the house and say, Father, this is going to be my wife, or Father, this is going to be my husband, whichever the case may be. Asalullah al-Afiyah. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, 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 alhamdulill